Folks, welcome to the water break with Waterboy. And uh, hopefully, comedian John Branning will uh, come in a little later. Uh, he may or may not, actually. I really don't know. <laughs> so, John, uh, I hope you come in later, man. Uh, 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 but I also have with us, and we'll get into more of this later, I got Topher Field joining us. Uh, he's director of uh, uh, Battleground Melbourne, which is a new documentary that's coming out, kind of that kind of just detailed all the violence that's been going on under the pandemic in the city. Uh, we'll get more into that later. Uh, for all those who are uh, hopefully have received your Christmas magazine, we're sorry for some of the delays there, uh, but you should have received it by now. If you haven't, contact us, contact at fightlaughfeast.com, contact at fightlaughfeast.com. Next magazines are coming out, will be coming out in March, so you can sign up and subscribe to the magazine to start jumping into the next edition okay and uh, we got a great set of topics for you guys with the magazine uh coming out uh, the next four topics coming out the next four quarters uh before we get started as we have mentioned on the show before we love plugging new churches and christian classical schools especially okay well there's a new school that is starting up in uh sioux falls uh, South Dakota. Yes, South Dakota. Attention cross-politic listeners in the Sioux Falls, South Dakota area. Covenant Classical School of Sioux Falls is looking for like-minded families to help us build an institution that will last. Yes. If you want to establish Christian culture on the Great Plains and provide your children with robust classical Christian education, check out Covenant Classical School at Covenant Classical SF. That's SiouxFalls.com. Covenant Classical SF.com. Uh, join, particularly do this, join them on January 24th for their next uh, interest meeting and enroll your pre-K through sixth grade students for the 2022-2023 school year before February 1st to receive 20% off your application fee. That That's exciting. I love me some classical Christian education. If you're in the Sioux Falls area, make sure you guys at least attend the meeting. It might be something uh, that would help you in your family and your Christian walks. Secondly, second plug before we get into this, uh, Reform Sage was founded in 2018. The Reform Sage exists to edify Christians with products and services that build up the kingdom of God and proclaim the gospel to all. We have created, they have, not we, not me, they have created products that are unique, useful, beautiful, and humorous, and they have wood art. Yes, that's right. Wood art is really cool. Engraved wall art, apparel, drinkware, decal stamps, and much more. They also have regularly make custom merchandise, so you can kind of reach out to them at wholesale prices for churches, ministers, and businesses that want to add or expand their product offerings in turn in, and in turn increase revenue. Please use promo code. Do this. Use promo code FLF22. That's, you know, fight, laugh, feast. FLF22 for 10% off your first order. And then there's this that's going on right now. All apparel is marked down until Super Bowl Sunday. No promo code necessary. Shirts are $20. Hoodies are $30. They are changing apparel vendors and removing some designs. And so they do not know all this time what, what color sizing options they will have available and all that stuff um, come March 1st. So if there's an apparel combo you want, design, size, logo, you know, better grab it before it's gone. The sale ends February 6th. That's apparently Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. Now, is this a cannonball or belly flop? I don't know. I have some good news and some bad news. Okay. The good news is, is that SCOTUS just ruled. Okay. SCOTUS just ruled uh, th um, uh, six to three. 
Okay, SCOTUS just ruled six to three that there's no nationwide vax mandate. Okay, that that's good. Okay, the Biden that's the good news. They canceled the Biden vax mandate for businesses that staff over 100 employees. It's illegal. Will not go into effect. The Biden administration was going to use OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, to force you to get the jab. Now, the bad news is uh, they upheld it for hospitals that take Medicaid and Medicare. Now, I care about the bad news. The, the good news is still bad because listen to this. Now, according to the fact checkers at Wikipedia, yeah, I use wiki. Congress established the agency under, uh, you know, uh, under occupational uh, OSHA, Occupational Safety and Healthcare Act, uh, which President Richard Nixon signed into law on December 29th, 1970, 50 years ago. Here, this is OSHA's mission is to assure safe and healthy working conditions for working men and women by setting, is it men and women? I mean, just men and women? It's just kind of, you know, just, just men and women, that's it. By setting and enforcing standards and by providing training, outreach, education, and assistance. Now, I'm sorry. This is how dumb Republicans can be, okay? Republicans led the passage of OSHA uh, Nixon was a Republican. He signed the final bill. We've talked about this a lot recently on our show where good intentions wanting to fix problems are not the same thing as being right about it. You can have good intentions and still be wrong. I can identify atrocities you know, going on in California like mask mandates and all that stuff, but it's not Idaho's job to create legislation outlawing California's mask mandate. The federal government can say that women preachers are in rebellion against God, but it's not their business to create laws against women preachers. God gave us lanes. He gave the federal government lane. He gave the family government lane. He gave the church government lanes. So stay in your lane. So Republicans passed OSHA because they think it's the government's job to tell businesses what good safety standards should be in their manufacturing facilities let's say let's say bob's manufacturing plant the answer to that is no for one who cares more about their employees the federal government or bob who greatly depends on the health and safety of his employees so osha should not even be a thing it's not their lane it's not the government's lane in other words osha should not exist osha is not the government's job but here let me repeat this again. Here's how dumb Republicans can be. They vote with their good intentions, creating organizations like OSHA, and then the Democrats weaponize OSHA against you 50 years later. That's, a, that's dumb. When the government grabs that authority that is manifestly not theirs to have in the first place, you better believe that that power grab will be used against you later. It'll be used to enslave you, Think of our department, think of the Department of Education. Think of the IRS, the DOL, Treasury, and the hundreds, that's right, the hundreds of agencies that our federal government has created. You can't, you, you don't even know the, about all those agencies. We need to wake up out of our stupor, stop being dumb, okay? Stop being dumb, Republicans, just stop it. Stop voting for things that come with good intentions understanding the and, and we need to understand the narrowly defined lane god has given the government narrow the lane's narrow and start fighting 
to take back our rights. Otherwise, you will get more dumb Republicans legislating doorways for the Democrats to walk into, and that doorway is a big doorway to enslave you. Stop it. Stay in your lane. Topher, I have Topher filled with me. He's the uh, producer uh, and director of Battleground Melbourne, which is a documentary that's uh, uh, kind of capturing all the violence that has happened under the COVID administration in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, Tover's, Tover's director of Battle, Battleground uh, Melbourne. He's a political commentator and winner of the Australian Libertarian Activists of the Year Award. Man, how about that? Thanks for coming on the show, Tover. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's a little bit like being a big a big fish in a very small pond, though. I have to say, uh, libertarian political philosophy is an extremely niche subject here in Australia. So yeah. it's it probably sounds more impressive than it is. <laughs> so so five voted for you. Is that what you're saying? Five people yeah, voted. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and, right. and I actually had to cast two votes to get it up to five. <laughs> that was the required minimum to get to That's win. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're also a you've been a political commentator for fit, for 12 years. Uh, kind of what got you going into this world, man? Oh, by by accident, my cousin who worked at the same place that I did at the time, I was a forklift driver working in the logistics company. He walked in one day and he said, "Oh, Topher, you should uh, you should apply for Project Next." And I said, "What's that? I, I I had never heard of it." It was a program that a mainstream journalist in Australia was doing at the time trying to find new undiscovered talent writers, producers, presenters of news. And to apply, you had to make a video. So I made a video and it wasn't successful. And then I just put the video online on a, on a brand new YouTube channel and sent the link to my mum. That was it. <laughs> no no subscribers, no nothing. Yeah. And for reasons that I still don't fully understand, the excuse me, the video began to get picked up and began wow. to travel around uh, Australia and more and more people watched it and people began to reach out to me asking me to do additional videos on on other topics and eventually i said yes to one of those people i said no to many yeah eventually i said yes to one and uh, that really was the birth of of what is now sort of tofa field political commentator documentary maker wow well well that's great well before we get any further i want to roll uh so this this documentary is actually being released i think today is that correct today's the official release date yeah. and so i want to roll the trailer for everybody so they can they can catch kind of the gist of what's what's happening so uh let's roll the clip I want to say to the people of Victoria that I'm sorry. It's not okay. This country is being pummeled. I swore to protect you and I failed. Victoria will be in lockdown within the next 48 hours. We are declaring a state of emergency in Victoria. These are not designed to have zero new cases. In effect, nothing we do can deliver that outcome. This is about, as everything we're doing, is about flattening the curve. It was unclear what the future was going to hold for anyone. And that's, I guess, where the fear began. We need to go harder and we need to go longer. This has been the most insipid and diabolical game of Simon Says I think I've ever seen in my life. Take your mask off, put it back on. Stage four is here, our COVID hell far from over. In many ways, like, he has that saviour complex. Daniel Andrews would have made a very good preacher. We'll have to extend out for two weeks. He had all of the power. While Melbournians are this morning living inside a ring of steel facing $5,000 fines if they attempt to visit regional Victoria. It's... It 
it's Australia, it's not supposed to be like that. Yeah, it's supposed to be free. Playgrounds, basketball courts, skate parks and exercise equipment, despite the fact that it's outdoors, will be closed. Shane Patton is on the line. Uh, Chief Commissioner, good morning. Morning, Neil. Well, the curfew is the hot issue. Were police consulted about the introduction of the curfew? No. We're going to focus on a video that's been widely shared and it shows a woman being arrested for trying to organise an anti-lockdown protest. What? What? what on earth? That was actually one of the things that convinced me that I needed to protest. We felt, we felt a duty, you know, more really than a duty, to do something you know, to, you know, to continue growing the movement. And frankly, I don't even, I don't, I, seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them were protesting against. You. Well, a lot of them. Then, well, good on them. It has been an absolute embarrassment for the state, for the police that once again when they promised us thousands were not going to be able to march on these streets, well, they have. Wow, that uh, trailer is actually—it's actually pretty intense. Um, I, for for Americans who aren't uh, aware of what's going on outside of the country, which can be typical for Americans, uh, <laughs> that's funny to you, isn't it? Um, you know, so so maybe before we get to the documentary, maybe kind of give us a little background to to melbourne and how they got into this covid frenzy in the first place yeah so melbourne was voted seven times the world's most livable city you can choose whether or not you put any weight in these sorts of things or not but that was the result seven years in a row wow uh, and that was not long ago and we certainly have been one of the you know growing up here as i did you was winning the lottery you really had won the lottery to to be here there was a lot of opportunity plenty of work uh, you're able to live in, depending on where you chose to live, you could live relatively inexpensively and you could live in a way that, that suited you differently. Everyone could find something that they were happy with. Yep. There was a lot of activity, a lot of life in the city. And um, when COVID came along, so the problem with, with Victoria, this, that's the state that Melbourne is in. I would describe us as the California of Australia. Mm. We have been voting for socialist heavily. So, I mean, we don't have any non-socialist 
political parties in Australia, unfortunately, there are yeah. varying degrees of socialist. Yeah. But we've been voting for the the hard, harder aligned socialist, the equivalent of the Democrats. Yeah. Now, uh, almost exclusively for over two decades. And unfortunately, what that's led to is a situation where as soon as COVID came along, it appealed to the psychology of the people in power. And they said, ha ha, here's our chance to save the world. We're going to save all of you yeah. from this one, this, this horrible disease. And they proceeded to turn Melbourne into the most locked down city in the world. More than anywhere in China, more than anywhere else that you can think of. Really? We've had longer and harsher and deeper lockdowns where else in the world with all of the collateral damage that comes along with that, all of the mental health impacts, all of the social uh, impacts, mm -hmm. the absolutely insane growth of government power, the fact that they're now able to go to people's homes. They, they have the power now to go to people's homes and arrest them and take them all to, uh, and intern them without ever having to make any charges, without ever having to talk no. to the judge. And they can hold people for up to two years uh, with, without even having to lay charges in the first place. And there's no, uh, are, have they suspended constitutional protections? Hey, Neil, can you bring John Brainy in? No, the, in Australia, we have very poor constitutional protections. We don't have a Bill of Rights in the way that you do in the US. Mm -hmm. uh, and our constitution has been explored far less in case law than what it has been in the US. So there's... Yeah. There is a real lack of protection there. I mean, in Victoria, we have a thing called the Victorian Charter of Human Rights and Responsibilities that was breached by Daniel Andrews, uh, our premier. Our ombudsman found that Daniel Andrews had breached the, uh, the that particular Charter of Human Rights, and there were absolutely no consequences. Absolutely nothing happened wow. as a result of that. And so that's how weak our system is now. That even when the ombudsman comes out and says, "Hey, government, you're you're breaching human rights here," mm -hmm. there is absolutely no mechanism by which we can hold them accountable wow uh, i want to pause real quick and and welcome my, my buddy comedian john brannion john i want to introduce scold me for being tardy no it's okay man <laughs> we just i just got into it with uh topher so topher he's the director of a battle melbourne and we just got into talking about kind of a you know what's the 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 situation in Melbourne. We haven't started talking about the documentary yet. Uh, we just rolled the trailer clip, so you you um, you missed the trailer clip, but it was fantastic. Um, the you did you did you did. So, oh, okay, because I sent you the links to it. Yep. Good. Uh, before we go any further, I want to ask Topher if uh, if Gabe is pronouncing the name of the city correct. <laughs> well, it, it, in Australia, the letter R doesn't really exist. Um, so according to Australians, it's actually Melbourne, as though on the end it's B-U-N, as though it's a loaf of bread. Uh, however, I try and actually add the R back in because I think it's an incorrect use of the English language. So compared to most of my peers, I'm actually a little bit weird because I do say Melbourne. And it's okay. that little teeny tiny R in there, Melbourne. Melbourne. Okay. So, yeah. so according to Topher, John, I'm saying it rightly. <laughs> That's the reason I asked a question because I didn't want to be... I didn't want to say Melbourne and have it be grating on him. Uh, the, the thing you've got to understand about Australians and the Australian accent is there's the Australian accent like mine. And then there's also the Australian accent like this. Yep. They talk like, like they're, I, I don't know where they come from, but you know, uh, and I, that grates on me a, a very great deal when I hear Australians that, that talk like that. So uh, I do try and correct some of the errors of our ways hopefully without losing the charm of the accent at the same time. <laughs> right, Topher has got a lot of opinions on all sorts of stuff. I didn't know this. <laughs> so, um, 
uh, John, we're still coming up into your segment here in a minute. News John Brandon can trust, but we're, we're right now we're uh, uh, kind of walking through uh, Topher's documentary that just dropped today. Um, uh, so why is okay? All right, so this big lockdowns happened. Give me some examples of why you said it's the harshest lockdown in the world. Give me some examples of that. Right, so we've spent more than a year's worth of days in some form of lockdown in the last two years, and the harshest of those lockdowns included measures like this. Uh, a curfew at 8 p.m., you could not leave your home. Even outside of curfew, you you could not leave your home unless you met the criteria for one of five conditions, and that was uh, for medical help uh, to go and get vaccinated, to uh, to buy essential food, at, at which point you had to stay within five kilometers of your home, around about three miles of your home in order to do that. Only one person was allowed to leave the home. Uh, exercise was permitted but only for one hour per day. And you weren't allowed to meet up with other people in order to do your exercise. You had to do it on your own and remain within that three mile, five kilometer radius. Um, the wow. fines are in the multiple thousands of dollars. If you are caught, people have gone to prison for being caught breaching the, the, the COVID rules. Businesses have been shut down entirely on regular occasions uh, where you're not even, you, you, they simply cannot operate. They just get shut down by government decree. And I'm, I'm talking thousands of businesses right across Victoria. Victoria is a state of six and a half million people. Wow. Melbourne is a city of four and a half million people. And the whole, the whole place just gets shut down on the whim of a premier, sometimes with only about eight hours notice. We've had shutdowns that have happened where we'll be coming out of one lockdown and then he'll see something in the numbers that he doesn't like. And he'll, we, we had one particularly memorable occasion just before Valentine's Day. We were opening up before Valentine's Day and all of the, the restaurants that had been suffering so much were looking forward to having a really good day where they could make some good money. Wow. Uh, and the day before Valentine's Day, after they'd bought all their food, after people, you know, florists had all their flowers, all of that was money was already spent. The Premier turned around and shut us down literally only a few hours later. All of that food got thrown out, all of everything got thrown out and a lot of people's lives were absolutely decimated. That was the final straw for an enormous number of people. The anxiety and the uncertainty, I think, has been the biggest thing psychologically. The length of the lockdowns is one thing. It's, that's been horrific. But the fact that we're going in and out of lockdowns, and it's all on the whim of Daniel Andrews, the Victorian dictator, and we have no confidence and no certainty from one day to the next what's going to come out of his mouth tomorrow and what our lives are going to look like. Right. And having the police aggressively enforcing all of that, almost gleefully at times, enforcing those rules <sighs> against the Victorian people, it has is, is been... It's been very, very traumatic for a lot of people. Wow. So, Art, you mentioned earlier that socialism is pretty steeped into the, the Melbourne voting habits, I guess if you yeah. want to call it. Um, now I'm just nervous to say Melbourne. I'm just, John, <laughs> John, you just messed me up, man. <laughs> I, I don't look I don't look are people waking up out of socialism? Are they kind of waking up? Or is it just like kind of the 2% that are just getting mad? This is this is probably the silver lining in all of this. So we, we don't really have a major non-socialist party. So it, you know it's a little bit like your Republicans and Democrats and, and your opening monologue there highlighting the fact that really the Republicans are making all kinds of mistakes and they're just a slightly less bad version in many cases yeah. uh, that actually end up giving the Democrats what they need. Well, the same thing's happening over here. So the silver lining, though, is the polls are now indicating that for the first time in modern Australian history, we're looking at potentially as many as 30% or more of all voters actually choosing to vote for someone other than those major parties. So the, the, the questionnaire or the poll asked about four parties, 
the so-called Liberal Party, which is actually supposedly our more conservative party, we use a different nomenclature to what you do in the US. Okay. Um, the Labor Party, which are the ones that we have in government, they're the more left-wing of the two big ones. The Greens, which are the Marxists, mm -hmm. uh, and also the National Party, which are, are sort of national socialists, if you like. Yeah. Uh, not uh, not to the degree of, of, of Nazism, but that that is ultimately that is their philosophy, is a philosophy of national socialism. Okay. And uh, those four attract about 70% of the vote according to current polls. Now, normally they cover about 94, 95, 96% of the vote. Okay. So for them to have been brought down to about 70% of the vote between them and about 30% of people are already saying, I'm not going to vote for one of them. I'm going to vote for somebody else. We do have some small freedom-loving parties okay. uh, and it looks like they are going to have their best years ever. Is oh. it going to be enough? No idea. Yeah. Now, so you uh, filmed this documentary. Um uh, now, basically, talk to me like I know nothing about Melbourne. I know nothing about the characters that are in the documentary. Explain, sure. kind of summarize what's going on uh, with everything. Yeah, so I, I only filmed part of the documentary. A lot of the documentary is actually using news footage and using footage that's been filmed from people that have gone to the protests themselves and have given me permission to use their footage in the documentary, or I've used that under fair use, depending on on what it is. So essentially what happens is, is when, when lockdowns begin and all the uncertainty happens, the media fear campaign happens in early 2020, there is a period of time there where people are willing to give the government the benefit of the doubt. There is a period of time yeah. where people say, okay, you, you know, 14 days to flatten the curve. We'll go along with that. And that you got that too in Australia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, our stories I'm sure are very similar. If you were to watch Battleground Melbourne, I'm sure you'd see a lot of similarities, at least in the psychology, if not in the specifics. Yeah. So people kind of went along with that. But for us, it didn't end with that. It, it, it got dragged on and dragged on. And, and the rules became more and more insane. The enforcement became increasingly harsh. And that, of course, ultimately led to protests. Mm -hmm. uh, I spoke at the very first protest, which was actually in April 2020. I, we, we, there were 70 people there. Wow. And we were the very first sort of the first movers on that, I guess, the ones that sort of saw what was coming. And we were much maligned, hated. Right. I copped more abuse uh, after that event than I have for anything else I've ever done in my life. Wow. Um, but as time went on, more and more people began to go, hang on, I'm not okay with this. And slowly by the end of 2020, we had thousands of people showing up to protests and uh, the government were attempting to do mass arrests, uh, beating us with batons, firing tear gas canisters into the crowd, wow. horses against us, that sort of thing. Oh, you, that's that's nothing. Trust me. Uh, by the time we hit early 2021, numbers were beginning to touch the tens of thousands at times. Uh -huh. And so the police began to escalate and we began to see a situation towards the end of 2021 where they began opening fire with rubber bullets. Wow. Yeah, so rubber bullets are, are, are misnamed as a non-lethal ammunition. They're not non-lethal. They can be lethal. Uh -huh. And uh, we it is by pure luck that we've not had a fatality yet. The wow. level of police violence is such that it's just pure luck. It's physics. Uh -huh. If someone gets hit in the head, we have a fatality. It's, yeah. that's, it's as simple as that. Uh, we reached a really disgraceful situation where uh, on, on a particular Wednesday, there was a, a large a series of protests happening. And the Victorian government rolled out the anti-terror squad, including armoured vehicles. And uh, we saw really disgraceful scenes with armoured vehicles rolling down the streets of Melbourne and men in full body armour 
uh, combat helmets, the works, jumping off the side of that and tackling people and or shooting at them from the vehicle with rubber bullets and, and so forth. And uh, a, a large number of injuries that day. And, and the protesters took refuge at a place called the Shrine of Remembrance. It's a, it's a place where we honor our, our war dead, our Anzacs, as, as we call them. I remember and, seeing uh, footage of this. Yes. Yeah. And the, the hope was that if we went to a place like that, the police would at least be shamed into just outright shooting at us the way that they had been. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And that, that worked for a few hours. And ultimately, though, the police uh, simply started walking up there and opened fire on unarmed, nonviolent uh, civilians who were guilty of chanting slogans. And wow. uh, there, were, there were elderly, there were kids, there were all sorts of people in that crowd. What we, what we saw after that was it was no longer really viable to continue staging the mass protests. The level of violence from the police, we, keep in mind we're a disarmed population. Yep. Uh, we, had, we had the vast majority of, of firearms taken away from us in 1996. Uh, I was 14 years old, so don't blame me. Um, and uh, the reality is I, you know, we, we don't have uh, the ability to show up. And I mean, I know in the US from time to time, uh, protests have been held where people have brought weapons with them. And ironically, yep. they tend to be the most peaceful protests of all. Surprise. Uh, no one wants to yep. start trouble when there's when both sides are yep. armed. Right? That's right. Uh, and and I, I would love to see uh, a situation like that in Australia where peaceful uh, protests are made possible because the, the, the people <coughs> have the capacity. Uh, but that's not the case here. And so if we'd kept going, it was probably inevitable that someone was going to get killed. And uh, so the organizers of the big protests ultimately stopped organizing them. And what we saw was an, a, just a remarkable moment in our history where we were wondering whether that was it. Are we headed down the path of Venezuela now? Are we, are we just stuck? And um, we, we saw the emergence of this new generation of very small protests where uh, okay. the, the, the vaccine mandates had just kicked in. And there were a lot of people that didn't want to have to take the vaccine. So we saw school teachers and nurses and truckies each start staging their own small events. And what they would do, the nurses and the teachers, is they'd be there in their uniforms. They would write on their uniform how many years they had served in that role. Wow. And they would hold signs and they would wear masks and they would socially distance and they would follow as many of the rules as possible. And the police, of course, are looking at people who, who they identify with to some degree. And it, it, it really put the police into a very, very difficult position. And mm -hmm. it was through them that the momentum of the movement continued. Wow. And through the shame of that and, and some other things that happened, ultimately, Victoria Police turned around and demanded of the Victorian government that uh, the, the, the violence and the orders for them to shut down protests end. Wow. Uh, and they actually, they published an article in, a, in a, a mainstream newspaper here saying that it was time to put away the tear gas, time to put away the batons. And they did that publicly. And I suspect that that was the outworking of probably months of private conversations that had been happening where they'd been appealing to Daniel Andrews, the, the, the yep. Victorian dictator, as I call him, yep. for the violence to stop. And then ultimately, they gave up trying to get through to him. And they just simply came out publicly and said, this is what we want. Wow. We, we seized that opportunity. More people than ever before hit the streets. We've had, we've had the largest political protests in Australian history on the streets of Melbourne in, in the last couple of months. Yep. We've had hundreds of thousands of people on the streets of Melbourne. And the, the scenes are just phenomenal and uh, that th there is hope for the future this is this is the thing about battleground melbourne is it's not a story of despair uh and and a, or a pity us sort of a story uh it is it is really a, a story about <clears throat> excuse me about the people of melbourne and the courage that they have showed yep. both against incredible odds mm -hmm. and uh it, it there is hope for the future mm -hmm. there is hope for the future mm -hmm. for us. that is incredible um 
with where things are at. So it, it, you know, I don't here in the U S I'm sure you probably feel the same way about Australia. It's like, I don't want a political, you know, um, conservative surge. I want, I want reformation revival. Like I want hearts to change. I don't want to put a bunch of godless conservatives in office. You're going to get some different kind of tyranny. Correct. Um, you know, so what is the condition of like the Melbourne churches in all this? <laughs> oh, okay. So I, I have to be mindful of scriptures that, that caution us against uh, speaking in certain ways about our brothers in Christ. Cause I do think most of them are my brothers in Christ, yeah. um, brothers and sisters in Christ. But um I strongly disagree with the approach that has been taken by by most of the Australian church. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that it is not unfair to compare it to the approach taken by the German church in the 1930s. Oh. One of obedience to government as a default initial position without even considering the moral implications of that and whether that's actually the right thing to do based on what's actually happening. Wow. It's just a default position. We obey the government. Uh, Romans 13 and nowhere else in scripture. Don't look anywhere else. Just look at Romans 13. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that they it's been marked by cowardice. Mm-hmm. That is how I would characterize it. A moral cowardice and a physical cowardice and intellectual cowardice. A complete wow. unwillingness to engage with hard ideas and to have hard conversations. Wow. Uh, I, I would say that the church in Australia has just been faced with a moment where they had to choose this day who they would serve. Yep. And the vast majority of them have chosen to serve their new master, the government. Wow. And yep. to give the government God in their, in their pulpit mm-hmm. and in their building and in their lives. That's how I would characterize it. Topher, I don't know if you know kind of about my story, but in 2020, our city, my city in Moscow, locked down. And they required everyone to wear a mask uh, in public unless they were social distancing six, you know, six random feet apart. And uh, and so my church, the way we protest is we just go sing psalms in downtown. And the city council kept extending it. We'd go sing psalms and city council would extend it. Well, on September 21st, they extended it, like didn't listen to anybody. Like all the testimony at city council was like, don't do Don't extend it. Don't extend it for like hours. Like two people stood up and said, yeah, please extend it. They didn't listen to anybody. And so we went and did another Psalm sing and, and protested on, on, on Wednesday, the 23rd and, uh, without wearing masks, without social distancing, we went to city hall. So we we're just like directly instead of downtown, we went right to city hall parking lot. Uh, we got there and they had spray painted circles six feet apart in the parking lot. So they can kind of objectively see, Hey, look, they aren't standing six feet apart. And there's about 200, 300 of us in the parking lot singing Psalms. And uh, as soon as we started, the cops came and arrested me and they arrested one of the, one of the couple along with me. And, uh, they, I mean, I remember it, it's still eerie, man, that like, uh, I got arrested. They violated my first amendment rights and they violated, violated my fourth amendment rights. So first amendment rights, free speech, right to worship, right to petition. Yeah. And, uh, and so I got thrown in jail that night and, um, got released later and, well, anyways, that, that we, as soon as I got out of the studio, my, my, one of my other hosts said, go to the studio right now. We're going to do a live show right now. Go, go to the studio. So as soon as I got out of jail, walked over to the studio and we did a live show and that went, that went all over the place. Eventually president Trump ended, ended up retweeting my arrest, but <clears throat> that, uh, I had pastors in Russia 
and India, um, and there's one other um, country uh, emailing me and said, I, I couldn't believe this happened in America. That it, but what had happened, and you can see what happened to Melbourne on, on kind of a major scale was starting to happen locally here because the city council and the mayor were saying, hey, lockdown, lockdown, There's a, you can get arrested if you don't, you know. And the cops, I mean, I, I, dude, I, I had a relationship with the chief of police. I went to his office a month and a half before I got arrested and we talked about everything. Um. And then he was he was behind the arresting officer. He was standing right behind the arresting officer, and um, they all knew me. And and so, anyways, they arrested me. And you know, First Amendment rights here in America. And we're protesting. We're petitioning. We're worshiping. We're doing everything the First Amendment allows for. But the cops had gotten so worked up, and in in all that panic and fear, and believed that they had to obey the council and the mayor that they violated constitutional rights uh and everything um so anyways my my case got dropped and they lost they lost my case and now i'm in a federal court suing my city over it but that's um my small experience it didn't get violent no no Look, I've, I've been arrested as well. Uh, I, I have two charges of incitement against me. So this is how they would try and silence people like myself who were willing to speak out. Yep. Uh, they would use this charge of incitement and that allowed them to put bail conditions on people. And and I was very lucky with my bail conditions. Others were not. Uh, there was there were a couple of individuals actually who went to prison because they refused to accept the bail conditions. In the case of one lady, Monica, Monica Smith, uh, who was in the documentary, she spent 22 days in solitary confinement. Wow. Because the bail conditions that they offered her, she was the vice president of a political party at the time. And it would have involved literally shutting down the political party, closing down all of her bank accounts, her deleting absolutely everything that that political party had ever done. Wow. Uh, was, was, was the effective result of the bail conditions that they were trying to impose on her. So she refused to accept them. And it took 22 days before they finally revised the bail conditions down to a, a non-absurd level. And she was able to accept them and, and, uh, and be free. In fact, I believe she faced court yesterday. If my memory serves me, I don't know the outcome yet. I face court on the 19th mm -hmm. for the first time and then on the 21st for the second time, charged with the crime of incitement because supposedly I was I was breaking the law because I was encouraging people to protest and exercise their human right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have First Amendment rights here in, here in Australia, uh, but we have signed up to many charters on human rights. And right. uh, certainly the right to protest, the right to speak right. Uh, is enshrined in, in those. And by encouraging people to exercise their human rights to protest, I am now uh, accused of being a criminal. And if found guilty, I'll have a criminal record. I'll never be able to come back to the US, which I do love the US. I, I wow. go there many times. I've been there many times and I've, I have a lot of friends there. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe it will stop me from being able to be a director of a company. I have a number of small businesses that I run. Uh, so the, the the personal impacts of that would be would be pretty extreme. Yep. Uh, however, that is what the government has been doing. They're using these charges of incitement. They're using bail conditions. Uh, they've, they've weaponized the legal system to use it as a tool of repression. And in exactly the same way that you were talking about, the police have just simply gone along with it by and large. Yep. And have simply allowed themselves to become tools of repression yep. in the hands of the state. Battleground Melbourne. Um, the links will come out with the show notes. Uh, and uh, you can actually go to uh, Topher Field, Topher, T-O-P-H-E-R, Field, F-I-E-L-D, dot net, to actually get to everything. Um, but it's on YouTube right now, and it's re actually, is it premiering tonight in Australia, or did it already premiere? Last night in Australia, so okay. Friday morning here right now. Okay. 
and uh, yeah, it was last night in Australia. So your Thursday night, our Wednesday, <laughs> our Wednesday it morning. Your, it was your yeah. Thursday morning, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and you can check that out. Now we need to get we need to end the show. It's just a little lighter note here. Just a just a little lighter note here. Uh, Topher, stick around for this. We we always end the show with news John Branion can trust. You ready, John? Yeah, I'm ready. I got a big wave or something that needs to come here. Where'd it go? There's the wave. You, we missed it. Um, news, John Brandon. You know, oh, you know what I need? Here's what I need. I need. I need our music right here. Our country. This is our. This is my music. My theme music for John Brandon. Is there any kind of music like this in Australia, Topher? I I can't hear any music. You can't. You can't. Okay. You can't hear it either, John. <laughs> we don't got it routing back to you guys. That's funny. I can hear it. It makes me laugh. That John, you've never told me you couldn't hear the music. That's or maybe you have, and I just forgot. I've told I've told you, but it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't work. It, <laughs> it doesn't work. Okay, so news. John Brainy can trust. Now I, I need to remind our listeners that this is real news. This is not fake news. It sounds fake, but it's actually real. Which means John Brainy can trust it. Because if it sounded real, it's probably fake. I'm very skeptical and cynical, and I trust very few things. So. <laughs> but this is one thing you trust. I, I, all right, Washington State, that's the state next to Idaho, okay? I'm actually seven miles from Washington State. Um, we had a bunch of snow this past two weeks, like Googles of snow. So if we had Googles of snow, some of the mountain areas had a lot more snow than we did. Washington State refused the help from one county to clear snow because the county didn't have a vaccine mandate. It, yeah, <laughs> literally. People are dying in the roads um, and, you know, we don't need your snow plows because you're on vaccine. The Washington, this is the Washington, this actually from their statement released about this. The Washington State Department of Transportation denied help from one county to clean up a freak winter storm because it does not mandate employee vaccinations. Quote from their press release, uh, Washington State informed Kittitas County they could not accept this assistance due to Kittitas County not mandating the COVID-19 vaccinations for county employees. The county board of commissioners is extremely disappointed with the state's position to refuse assistance. Um, And so there you go, man. Unbelievable. People sitting on the side of the road in their snow-covered vehicles and saying to themselves, well, this is worth it rather than having to deal with those filthy, unvaccinated people. Yeah, yeah. It's cold. It's freezing. From the people stuck on the side of the road. Uh, Topher, did you see anything like this? And uh, probably everyone went along with it, though. Did you see any like kind of like local, you know, political battles and all and all what, uh, what went on in Melbourne? Excuse me. Not nearly enough. I would have loved to have seen uh, a lot more. I, I, this is this is a heartbreaking thing that I have to break to you. And I know as Americans, this is this is going to hurt because you've got a certain idea of who Australians are. Yeah. Uh, and it's this rugged individual. We um, think you're all in, crocodile Dundee. That's I think what we're we all. Think. You, you think that the entire country is descended from crocodile Dundee, yes. and um, we, we think you all have giant knives and, yeah, and alligator boots. And, correct. Um, <laughs> and yeah, anyone that's not descended from crocodile Dundee is descended from Steve Irwin, right? I mean, that's, right. that's <laughs> essentially your perception of the country. Yeah. 
Uh, it turns out that we are a country full of cowards, Ooh. a country full of scared little ninnies uh -huh. um, who are easily frightened by a couple of headlines and a couple of opportunistic politicians who want to take advantage of us. Wow. I am embarrassed yeah. to say that we have had almost no opposition apart from the protests that we've seen and the individuals that have risen up, which deserve massive respect. I don't mean any disrespect to them. Yep. Uh, but as a country in the main and certainly people in positions of power, we have proven ourselves to um let's just say i now personally know a lot of people who would have dobbed in Anne frank wow and i've only come to discover that that's who they are through this whole process right wow um next up microsoft is more woke than a biracial bisexual bigender conservative hating jewish redneck liberal That's the news I can trust. No, that's the headline I wrote, though. I wrote that headline. <laughs> okay. This is actually from Not the Bee, but I wrote that headline because I thought it was funnier than what Not the Bee did. But again, this is this is real news. Um, do you remember Microsoft Word, the paper, the paperclip thing? I do. You know, well, you know it's it pretty annoying. But the, the paper, nobody did. Like but the paperclip just got woke. So literally. Uh, the paperclip got worse. I didn't know how they could make the paperclip worse, but here's how the paperclip got woke. Uh, um, this is according to not the B again. Word, Microsoft Word, will now highlight, um, you know, woke words, basically, with purple line beneath them and any problematic word or phrases that focus on gender, age, sexual orientation, ethnicity, or socioeconomic status. Let me give you a couple examples. Yeah, it's hard to follow, John. I know it. I know these news articles are tough. No, I'm just picturing it. I'm trying to pick. Is yeah. it actually the paperclip? The paperclip has come well, back, or is it sort of just the highlighting? So it's the highlighting that's coming back. But the paperclip's okay. kind of in charge of all that highlighting. You know, sometimes the paperclip, depending on your settings, will pop up when it highlights something, you know, that kind of thing, and make a suggestion. So the paperclip will make a suggestion. Right. The paperclip would pop up. It would it would assume what you were trying to write. So you appear to be writing a help with that yes like, yep is your, yep your so so listen to this all right so here's some of the proposals that the proposal i'd like to play with microsoft word again and, and just kind of type in what other words that they might pick up but they they propose changing so if you type in made well they, they'll change it to house cleaner or propose to change the house cleaner and i'm serious if you if you type in a headmaster they're going to change the or, or recommend you change the world the word to principal um, I don't even know why they do this one, but well, they don't like the word master. Yeah, I know. No, that's no, no, that's hundred percent. They recommend changing the word mistress to lover. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're, you're committing adultery and, and, uh, you should, you know, sprinkle some niceness on it. Well, but mistress is actually more accurate because just because just because it's not love mistress doesn't necessarily mean that there's any love there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Master to expert, uh, manpower to workforce. Uh, I, I was trying to think of some other words that would maybe be good for them, like, like I maybe work on that. Maybe Democrat to despot. <laughs> yeah, you should suggest that. See how far that goes at Microsoft. <laughs> re, re, Republican to idiot. You know, 
hang, hang on, let's let's be nice. Let's use the proper term: Republican to useful idiot. <laughs> useful idiot. <laughs> yeah. Let's give them their usefulness. That's yeah, right. That's right. That's right. You got you know, uh, um, you know, I don't know, pastor to I I don't know. I don't want to get myself in trouble here <laughs> with the paperclip. You got you guys got any? It's a very short step from there to just adding one more link in the chain, and that is that Microsoft keeps a score on your behalf and penalizes that score for using wrong words and not accepting their recommendations, and then just sends that off to a government department somewhere that, uh, that just starts to measure and and uh, I don't know. We'll just give it a name. Maybe maybe it's like it's a it's a social system where we give people credit for doing. Let's just call it a social credit system. Uh. Shall we? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we are. We you are got there quick. We're already there with vaccine mandates in Australia. That is that is a social credit system. Oh, we, yeah. we've told you you have to do this thing. You've done it. You're a good person. You get freedoms. Yeah. Oh, you haven't yep. done it. You're a bad person. Your social credit is low. We're going to restrict what you can do. We That's already right. have a social credit system in Australia, and these sorts of things from Microsoft yep. can plug into that so easily. That that's amazing. The uh, last one here. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. It won't be necessary to do that for. It won't be necessary to do that for more than a generation because the kids that are coming up now having their entire uh, vocabulary, having their entire vernacular altered and uh, and warped yeah. to mean different things. I mean, these words won't even exist. They'll just be typing it and the clip won't pop up. It won't notice anything because it's just... It's just and the way, the way language determines how you think. Mm -hmm. And so the, the words that you... Uh, use are that's how that's how your brain works and so yeah. you can you can reprogram people by simply controlling the language that they use right wow all right last one again this is i actually got them all from not to be today um uh campbell campbell soup you know campbell soup is launching scented candles that smell like their canned soups in case you want your home to smell like soup but you don't want to cook it <laughs> <laughs> The problem is, is how many people associate with Campbell's soup with being sick? With being, <laughs> sorry, John, I beat you. I beat you to it. I was just about to say, why don't you just make a can of soup if you want to smell soup in your house? What's the, <laughs> what's the point of that? You know what? Scented candles that smell like food are a travesty anyway. Because yeah. uh, I came in the house years ago and smelled cinnamon rolls and it was one of those stupid candles and <laughs> it like, lied it's a lying yeah, candle like, what, is, what do i smell get no, that what? demon out of my house that lion candle out of my house well that's the smell of disappointment is what it is <laughs> there's not a cinnamon roll to be had yeah well i i couldn't stop because every, every time i i think about campbell soup i associate it with being sick and and i just don't know if that's the right smell i you know it's like do I throw up when I smell the Campbell soup or every, I have never every, once I've never once walked into my home and looked around and gone, This is nice, but you know what it needs? A little bit of <laughs> a little bit of pumpkin soup odor. That's that's what I'm missing here. I, that, that has never happened to me. That's right. I smell like beef bullion and then everything would be perfect. <laughs> that's great. Well, hey, Topher. And uh, John, thank you guys for uh, joining. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate your work, Topher, and your documentary and what you're doing. I pray the Lord blesses it. Pray it goes far. Um, thank you. Far and beyond. I hope I hope the show helps. Uh, for all of you out there who get to check out the documentary on YouTube, uh, make sure you share it. These kind of things, the way um, we can fight at the ground level, 
is, is share these types of stories. Mainstream media is not going to report on them. And uh, you, we need to be very aware of what the reality and truth of what's happening on the ground, even in other countries. So make sure you share uh, Battle Melbourne. Battle All right. Battleground, Battleground, excuse me, Battleground Melbourne. I am so nervous about saying Melbourne. I, got, I even messed up on Battleground now. <laughs> I, I got engaged. <laughs> you, did. Nice you, you did. You <laughs> did. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Water Break this week. Uh, check out our Sunday special coming up. We got uh, a number of great things. Our, our guest, I have to reschedule our guest, so I can't even tell you who our guest is going to be yet, but uh, tune in Sunday night. Uh, look forward uh, to seeing you guys on the Sunday special. Until next week, go fight, laugh, and feast.